Views and News with Clarence Ford. Okay, there was no uh, improvement on the line, so we managed to line up uh, Karen Reese, uh, Mosaic Policy and Advocacy Specialist on Zoom. Welcome back, Karen. Uh, thank you so much, Clarence. Hopefully that's a bit better. Absolutely better. I, I think we're going to have an uninterrupted conversation uh, now. Great. Um, right, so the, the, the question was, what was the question? Um, maybe we should just go ahead. How serious I, is this? How serious or, or what's the prevalence yes. of guns in yes. violence? Yes. Um, so as I was trying to say, Clarence, until our line rudely interrupted us, <laughs> was that, you know, when we're looking at domestic violence and gun-related violence within domestic violence, we don't actually have a very clear picture of what that looks like. But what we do know from the crime stats released by the police in the last quarter was that 45% of total murder cases involved a gun. But more than that, 68% of attempted murder cases involved a gun. Now, why is this significant? Because if this is the the rate of murders in general, then we have to know that that plays a role in murders in the home as well. We're also seeing more and more serious crimes taking place in the home environment. Um, But more for us, we know that guns are used to kill, and those cases make it through our forensic services, make it through our health services. So we actually see those cases, and they are reported to police. What we are wanting to know is how else are guns used? So in the home environment where there is domestic violence, at the center of that is power and control. Now, if I know that my partner or an, or a family member in my home has access to a gun and they are already controlling me and have power over me, the chances are I'm going to be very fearful. And I'm going, it's going to be very difficult for me to speak out. So we know from the National Shelter Movement and what some of their residents have explained of how the gun is just placed on a table or cleaned in front of them or just a mere look at the cupboard where the gun is stored. And that's a very clear message of you don't step out of line. So part of this campaign will be to work with academics and research institutes to understand how guns are used in domestic violence and that will give us a bigger picture of what it looks like and that can then inform how we how we can address it okay somebody's already taking aim and i read it out uh, a little earlier what happens to responsible gun owners uh, is there such hmm. a thing as a responsible gun owner uh, that is exempted from the scrutiny so Please, this is not, and I think this is very important, this campaign is not aimed at removing all guns. That's not the, that's not the aim of this campaign. The aim of this campaign is to remove guns where they are present and used as part of domestic violence. Now, the Firearms Control Act, as well as the Domestic Violence Act, is very clear. Even if you are a licensed firearm owner, but you are using that firearm to inflict harm on someone else, then your license is needs to be relooked at. Your um and and the Domestic Violence Act makes it very clear that someone who's experiencing violence 
by someone who owns a firearm can apply to the court for those firearms to be removed. But important here, we're not saying no guns whatsoever. What we're saying is where guns are involved in violent situations in the home, that is a cause for concern. And it raises the risk of serious injury, but ultimately femicide or death. Um, and, And that's what we're concerned about. Often those very guns are illegal guns um, as as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And during this period where we've launched this campaign on Wednesday and speaking with other with other media and other stakeholders, one of the big things that it keeps on coming up is we have such a high level of illegal guns in circulation in in the country and moving from area to area just a couple of weeks ago we had a um, a massive amount of firearms that went missing from mitchell's plane police station here in the western cape so these are concerns but the great thing about the law as it stands now is that for the domestic violence act it does not matter whether that's a legal firearm or an illegal firearm. The court can still order for that firearm to be removed by the police. Um, a message in from Shiv. It reads, please ask your guests about strategies and thoughts to address the investigations and reports of police involvement in gun crime. Why can we not clamp down on this aspect? Mm. So... That's not my area of expertise, just to put that out front. Um, my area of expertise is really around domestic violence and, and how the law responds and how we strengthen that response. But there are multiple mechanisms in place to hold police accountable. So we have the in, independent uh, police investigative district, um, directorate, sorry. We have the civil secretariat for police. So, and we also have the police ombud, which is Um, available in each province. So those mechanisms are in place. And where we see police involved, we need to understand how to escalate that. So bringing it back to the campaign, that's one of the things we're wanting to do, is we're wanting to say the law's there, we know the law's there. If the law works well, guns will be removed out of the home environment where there's domestic violence. But often it's individuals that are implementing that law. And those individuals either don't understand the law correctly or just abdicate their responsibility Mm -hmm. to order for a gun to be removed or to remove the gun. So what we're wanting to say is, one, we want to educate the public to say, this is what the law says, these are your rights. The second is to come very closely to walk with stakeholders and duty bearers to say, let's help you understand the law. And once you understand the law, we're going to hold you accountable to actually act. And then for the public to understand, well, if police don't act or if the court doesn't act, what is your next step? Uh, Where can you go with it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just busy reading a, a, a message in uh, as well. I'm oh. going to share it with you. I was scared of my mm. husband as he was a violent alcoholic and had a gun. I wrote a report and handed the gun to the police under oath. My husband told the station commander that I was 
a hysterical person and not reliable. With contempt, the commander told me he knows a decent man when he sees one and I need to sign Mm -hmm. a document to return the gun to him. A week later, my husband killed himself with the same gun at the same police station. Now, again, you know, that points points to your earlier comment uh, about the the situation in Phoenix. People not taking um, the threat as perceived by the victim um seriously yeah uh well firstly to your listener that wrote in um i'm so terribly sorry that you had to go through that you know going through the system as you ought to as is your right to do and then having that system backtrack um i'm i'm really sorry that you had to go through that um, and these are stories that we hear Clarence. so it's not that we're coming out going the system works perfectly mm. we know it doesn't and that's the very reason for this campaign it's stories like that that we're saying that's a tragic loss of life a life could have been saved. And it mm. had to be that way. I'm talking to Karen Risa, Mosaic Policy and Advocacy Specialist. Uh, maybe just let us just understand who or what Mosaic represents. Hmm. So Mosaic, the full name, Mosaic Training Service and Healing Center, is a non-profit organization. We're based in the Western Cape predominantly, but we also work in KZN and in Gauteng. And we've been working with responding to domestic violence for the last 30 years. And most of our work is done in domestic violence courts, where we provide court assistance for victims of domestic violence coming in and needing to apply for a domestic violence protection order to protect them from further violence from either a partner or a family member uh, under the Domestic Violence Act. But our service goes broader than that. We also offer community-based counseling services as well as community education. And more recently, working very closely with the state to strengthen the systems already in place to respond to violence. But yes, we've been doing this work for, for more than three decades. So we have a really good sense of, of what works, what doesn't, and, um, through this campaign, we're trying to fix just one of those those levers of change. I, I got you. So you're still g- getting information in uh, in order to yeah. deal a little. Okay, got you, got you. So, so what specific policy and regulation amendments uh, is the campaign advocating for? Mm. So there's, I suppose there's just one thing is we wanting to see are there gaps in the policy, one we've already identified, and that is that there's no responsibility on either the court or the police to actually prove to the court that a firearm was removed. So we're wanting to see that introduction, where if the court makes an order for a firearm to be removed, they need to be held responsible to ensure that police actually remove that firearm and have... um, Yeah, and basically have evidence to prove that that firearm was removed. And then in terms of regulations, I suppose we're wanting to make sure that duty bearers, that there is proper accountability in place for when members or officials do not carry out their mandates. And not just that the measures are in place, but they're actually used and used in the way that they should be. Um, So we're... I suppose the campaign really is not wagging a finger at anybody. We're not trying to place blame, but we're really saying that we have a problem 
Gender-based violence is a pandemic. Domestic violence within a safe space like the home is a problem. And no one organization or state entity can fix that. So we're trying to say, let's work together to strengthen the systems already in place and let's fill the gaps that exist. Um, and we can do that through generating knowledge so we know what what's actually happening out there, raising awareness, building capacity, and then changing law where we need to. Uh, Giovanni writes, uh, the gun doesn't shoot by itself. It's the person behind the gun. And, and there are other triggers, Giovanni. We agree with that. But the gun was also not invented not to shoot, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, mm. How, the question he asks is, how do you prove in an application for a firearm that someone is not suitable to have one? Mm. So part of the um, part of the fitness or determining the fitness to hold a firearm should include looking at is there a history of violence? And part of that comes in that if there's domestic violence, has there been protection orders brought against this person before? Have there been police reports against this person before? So that's one. The other is we would like to see that where there's a fitness hearing or a fitness uh, determination, that there is actually input from family members or from partners where, where somebody is in a relationship so that there is a broader sense of, of who this person is standing in front of them. But Giovanni, I agree with you. It, it definitely is somebody that is shooting the gun. Yeah. But by removing it out of a situation, it's actually not there in the immediate term. And then we can look at referring to other services that can really look at, at, at assisting with that abusive behavior. So just have you have do you have any success stories or examples that you can point us to just in terms of where your campaign or campaigns have made a difference in the lives of especially gun related domestic violence? Hmm. So I think what's important to note, uh, Clarence, this campaign was only launched on Wednesday. Um, but what we what we have figured out in leading up to this campaign, we didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, we're going to remove the trigger. We really consulted extensively with community-based and grassroots organizations who are really at the coalface of providing services to people who experience gun-related domestic violence. And what has been really helpful is to look at residents within shelters and where they have said how they were able to access help once a gun was removed because that fear linked to the gun being in the home and how quickly it can kill with very limited effort from the shooter, by that being removed, they were then able to have a little bit of breathing room to say, right, where do I now get the help I need to either work within the relationship or for me to get help with my children to be able to move out of that relationship? So it may not seem like a massive leap, but for that particular family, it could have very well saved the life of that family. So those are some of the stories that we, we've heard so far, but we're hoping that as the campaign develops over the next 12 months, we'll get a lot more sense of what impact removing that trigger or changing policies and laws would have for, for the individual victim of domestic violence. Okay, gotcha. This is a call to action for, for the general public, for me and everybody listening to do something. What do you want us to do? Mm. So what we would really love for the public to do is 
if you have experienced uh, gun-related domestic violence and you need help, please reach out. Reach out to Mosaic. Reach out to Gun Free South Africa. Tell your story. Let us see how, firstly, we can assist you, but also how your story can shape how this campaign moves forward. And that's the first. The second is, if you know of someone who has access to a gun but is also violent, please encourage the person to report, um, the person who's experiencing the violence. Alternatively, if their children involved, you yourself are able to go and report that at either the police or to a social worker. So that would be our call to action up front. Uh, for anyone that does want to get involved in the campaign or is working around the area of domestic violence and wants to give input, then reach out by email at info at gf sa.org. That's going to be the best way to reach out. If you need counseling or assistance, please reach out to Mosaic directly, 021-761-7585. Karen, we really appreciate your time. Karen Risa, uh, somebody writes, an abusive partner does not need a gun to hurt or kill someone, a knife, a hammer, yeah. a golf club. Many other objects yeah. can be just as deadly. Let's remove the other triggers oh. as well. Thank you, Karen. It is 11.01.